absolutely. I do have the honor of introducing our celebrity guest tonight, ladies and gentlemen. I had a chance to meet him at Dealmaker Live in Dallas, and we had an outstanding conversation. Um, but before we bring him on, let me give him a an introduction that is worthy of who he is and what he's been able to accomplish, or I'll try to, right, Marcel? I'll try to. So our celebrity guest tonight, he is the CEO and founder of Kahuna Investments. He's acquired over 250 million dollars in real estate nationwide and he's raised over a hundred million in private equity he's the best-selling author of copy your way to success standing on the shoulders of giants and he hosts the multi-family legacy podcast his company's mission is to partner with passive investors to create award-winning apartment communities families are proud to call home ladies and gentlemen let's give a warm freedom chasers welcome to our celebrity guest tonight mr corey peterson hey corey how you guys doing we're What's doing up, great we're doing great we're glad to be here with you tonight wish it could be in person brother uh our conversation was uh, so amazing in dallas together but this will just have to do for now until we meet in person again next time. Yeah, that was amazing. That was funny. That was a great, uh, I think uh, I just took the, uh, it's funny how um, these things work, but uh, I love teaching. I love giving back. And, uh, you know, it's been a crazy journey for myself. And so I like to share those types of wins and um, really just the attitude of success. It, 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 you know, this is the right place. It's the right time for sure. Right now, there's a lot of things going on in the marketplace that uh, I'm excited about. So we are actually um, full-fledged into to looking for new deals. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, I don't want to waste any more time before, like, to get into your story, Corey, because it's super inspirational. I mean, we, you saw on the flyer, right? Use car salesman to over $250 million in, in assets under management. But before we get to the used car salesman part, <laughs> I, I would like to understand and, and everybody to know a little bit about your upbringing and, and what that was like before we got to the actual used car salesman part. Could you unpack that a little bit for us? Yeah, you know, I, I grew up on a small, I was, uh, I grew up in Missouri in the Ozarks, um, like the Ozarks that you saw on Netflix. Um, <laughs> and so uh, <laughs> 180 acre farm and, you know, on the farm, you learn a lot of, a lot of, uh, real lessons called hard work. And so build a lot of hay, fixed a lot of fences, broke a lot of ice, uh, in the winter time. And, but on that farm, you have a lot of space and you have a lot of time to dream. And I dreamed big. I always thought I could be somebody. Um, my dad was a roofer. Um, my dad taught me the, the business. Dad taught me not to be a roofer, but what I'd like to say is on, on the farm, I, I, I dreamt and I imagined that I could be anything that I put my mind to. And um, those lessons that I learned way back then of hard work, uh, you know, doing the small things, the important things have been life lessons that propelled me through my success today. Corey, was that um, kind of concept and, and attitude of dreaming big, was that something that was instilled in you from somebody else, your parents or somebody external? Was that like on a, kind of always embedded within you? It was really, my, my dad was my biggest uh, hero, man. Like, listen, I don't know about you guys, but for me, my dad was my Greek God, right? I looked at my dad and I was like, dude, this, this is, you know, my dad will kick your dad's ass kind of thing, right? <laughs> <laughs> and, and uh, you know, I just, my dad was a roofer, but he, he also was a dreamer as well. And, you know, I just felt like he always said, work your hardest. You need to give me life lessons. Like, hey, 
I go, he'd be, he'd be my coach at baseball and he'd be like, son, when you go up the swing, swing for the fences, right? Don't like hold anything back, swing for the fences, go full tilt. And when you do that, a lot of times you're going to strike out, but um, you know, Babe Ruth holds two records, by the way, right? The home run king and, and the strikeout king, but we only remember <laughs> for one, you know, and, and one of the other lessons he taught me was the, the hustle, hustle and everything you do. If a coach would say like, Hey, run around that fence. Dad's dad's thought process was like, Corey, you better be first. The only way you're not first is someone has to physically beat you and running around that little uh, tree or you know, the light post or whatever it is. And that was the hustle mentality that my dad had drilled into. He's like, Corey, it doesn't come for free. Right. And more importantly, you know, like, you know, uh, more often than not, it's not the, 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 the strongest or the fastest man that wins. It's the one who thinks he can. And so really that, that is the power of our mind is everything. And now hopefully you guys are, that's what you're doing here is you're feeding your mind, your brain, because you can give you everything that you want. You just got to put it in gear, put it in drive, and then start taking baby steps to your goals and dreams. Absolutely. That, that's exactly why it's called the activation zoom, the Sunday activation <laughs> zoom. <laughs> right, Marcel. Exactly. <laughs> Consistency also. I like how Corey says that, right? Because it's not about going from zero to 100 in a matter of a month, you know? it's this consistent action over a lifespan almost, right? Corey, I mean, same, same for you. And I mean, we're, we're, we're still starting, I guess, right? But it's the consistency about a lifespan uh, that brings you there. Exactly. Corey, um, I know I'm from a small town and a lot of times, you know, it, it's hard to escape the black hole of small towns, you know, especially if you're a farm boy raised or whatever, you just, you're used to just working, you know, blue collar, nothing against blue collar people. Right. But it's just, that's, that's just what it is. You know, you do what your dad did and you stay in your town and, and et cetera, et cetera. And, and it's just a black hole. I got out. Clearly you got out. So what, what was, what took you out of farmland in the Ozarks to the next phase of life? Uh, I I wanted to go to UNLV. I wanted to go to Las Vegas, Nevada and go to school there. I don't know why <laughs> I failed miserably by the way. Uh, ended up finding out my my second favorite job in the world was I was a Cabana boy at the Stardust Hotel and Casino, which is no longer <laughs> there. But best three summers of my life for sure. Yeah, <laughs> so, so that was it. Yeah, that was your breakout <laughs> going to UNLV. Yeah. You know, here's it's funny. So uh, if I can, I want to share with you, I want to set the tone for you guys for just a minute, right? And um, so funny, I was a Cabana boy, but I, I'm telling you, at the age of 18, I still had big dreams. And I wrote down a poem that I've committed to memory. And I would love to share that with you guys um, right now, just because I think it's very powerful. But it'll set the stage what it, for what I believe um, as you guys are thinking and dreaming and going. So this was, I, was, I wrote this at 18 years old, thinking about where I was going to go in my life at that point in time. And for some of you, it could be right now where you're in that journey, right? So uh, here it is. It goes... Uh, Blinded by the deepest dark and lost, lost in all my ways, where will I go tonight? Better yet, where will I stay? I know I can and for sure I must fulfill my dream. It's all or bust. The light, it seems so dim and extremely small. I want to get there, but afraid I'll fall. Keep trying, they say, you know you can. I must succeed and fulfill my plan. Though at times I feel like crying, let down by all the rain. I control my destiny. I control the pain. They say if you want it bad enough, your dreams will see you through. Just wish upon a shining star. 
and they will all come true. So now I found my way in life and the dark is all left. But those times that were tough and hard, those memories are the best. Now you may have fame and fortune too, you may have it all, but watch out for that little guy because he may make you fall. You see, you got here the easy way. Daddy put you on your feet. He gave you clothes and everything, which my dad can't compete. So I've clawed and scraped my way to all that I've become. And if you think you can deal with me, you're just another bum. They say that wealth is a rich man's obsession and a poor man's dream. But love is what it's all about. It's rare and hardly seen. Because you may make all the wealth and that may seem so true. But does that make you happy? Is that really you? If wealth is what this world's about, then we must all be blind. Because this, like my mother said, good men and women are hard to find. I wrote that at 18, guys. I was, I was sitting there. I was thinking about what I wanted to do. And I knew there was going to be some work involved. Right. I knew there was going to be some pain, some suffering, some things that are not going to feel good. And then I started thinking about myself being successful, guys. Right. I started envisioning. I, I had it. Right. And, and, and all the naysayers that say you can't do it. Right. I, I started thinking about that. I was like, you know, you may have fun, you know, like, but watch out for me. No one sees me coming. Right. You don't know what what I'm willing to do, the grind that I'm willing to go through to make my success be here and present. Right. And then I, then I actually went in and I thought about really having the wealth. And guys, it's funny because now I'm 50 years old, right? And I think about that part of the equation now where I talked about that wealth, wealth becomes nothing. It's really about who you are. It's about love, right? It's about giving back, helping others. And I feel like uh, it's, <laughs> I, I had some kind of vision to think about that in the, in the end of, you know, we're all in this pursuit to make money, but once you get there, guys, as I have, wealth becomes unimportant. It's the craziest thing, right? It's so then about how can I impact? How can I, you know, how can I be remembered? How do I make a legacy, a mark for people to look and share and know and, and to lead others? And I think that's a bigger, way bigger mission than just trying to make some stupid money. And Corey, did you have that at 18 or is that something you kind of found out after the fact you had accumulated your some level of wealth? No, I, I mean, I, I was poor as hell at 18, right? I mean, I was <laughs> yeah. like, that was that was the dream. I, I just, I put it down, I laid it out. I wrote that poem, dude. I'm telling you, I've memorized that thing, right? So I thought about it. I meditated on it. Something about the law of attraction and, and, and you know, the, like, again, your brain will give you everything that you want. I saw myself being successful. And um, I didn't get the download from the mothership till I was 30 years old, guys, right? But um, wow. from 30 to 50, my life's, it's been an amazing trajectory. So um, I don't know how much you want to, I mean, I would love to jump into my, my story a little bit about how I went from used car salesman to owning $250 million real estate. Yeah, well, let's jump into that, Corey, and just to emphasize what you're saying, right? I mean, I don't think any of us are, are on your level wealth-wise on the Zoom tonight, but I think it's always a good reminder to re-emphasize this point of establishing a why that's greater than yourself yeah. and start and, and having that clarity earlier on in your journey, because that why is going to propel you through a lot of ups and downs. And then like what you said, when whenever you get to that quote, quote, successful level of wealth, whoever that, whatever that is for any other person, like what you said, it goes away, right? And then what are you going to be left with? You're left with your why. 
and the impact that you want to have with people. So I really appreciate you sharing that. Is, is that poem, is it up on your website or is it written down anywhere? I mean, it's, it's, it's in my book, right? So I'll, I'll, share, I'll share with you. Yep. I'll share with okay. you uh, down the later, down the road here. But um, okay. um, so if anything, so my goal today, I, I hope, is to inspire you guys and to see that anybody can do this business, right? It takes tenacity. It takes vision. It, but it really takes a why and a dream, right? And and so once you decide that you're going to be successful, decide that this, this is the thing, um, I'm telling you that it will pro pro propel you. So... The, to kind of give you guys a little bit of um, where I came from. So really um, when you don't graduate from high school or college, like I did, like if you just when you made it through high school, you kind of got two options. You either got to sell some crap or manage some crap. Right. <laughs> and so, <laughs> and I did, well said. <laughs> I did both. Uh, I started off as a, a, a used car salesman and um, you know, just I wasn't living my dream, but I really wanted to be successful and I just didn't know exactly the road. And so at uh, this is almost 25 years ago, um, I was dating a girl, now my wife of 21, and uh, my mom uh, was married to this man named Bruce. I call him Bruce Wayne. Okay, He wasn't <laughs> Batman, but he had a lot, a lot of money. So my mom <laughs> comes up, she goes, hey, honey, would you like to go to Hawaii? And you can bring your girlfriend. And I was like, uh, are you paying? Because I'm broke, right? I ain't got no money. And so she said, yeah. So we go out and the dude that she's living with uh, has got a uh, house right on the beach. And I'm telling you, this is in Kauai, the Garden Island. It is magical and beautiful. And I remember Shelly and I, my wife, uh, go out first the first day because if you're not a morning person you will be when you get to hawaii the time zone will just make it that way right so you That's get true. there you get there we walk the beach early and it was on a cove so we walked the cove morning and we watched the sun come up and uh i'm telling you it was like magic i it's like the the shackles of life that had been fogging my eyes came off and i could see clearly for the first time and i remember looking over at bruce's you know million dollar house multi-million dollar house over there i was like what does this guy do? Because Bruce's phone wasn't ringing. Like he didn't look like he was worried about anything. He he truly had the two things that I think we're all looking for, time and money. He had them, mm -hmm. right? And I'd never seen it like that, like the real, right? Most people have one. Very few have both. And That's Bruce right. had them both. Right. So I was interested, like, what in the hell do you do? And so I asked him and guess what he said? He said the magic words. He said that he owned, um, he was in real estate and they owned apartments. Check the box. Right. Boom. And so now I wish the story got better, but it doesn't because Bruce was a grumpy old man and my mom was really pretty. Okay. Bruce was <laughs> never going to teach me. <laughs> right. But I left the Island thinking that he was the big kahuna. Okay. Mm. And then about four months later, I read the little purple book, right? Rich yep. Dad, Poor Dad. <laughs> that purple and I book. was like, oh my God, that's Bruce. Bruce was a real estate investor. And it all seemed to make sense. And see, Bruce was, he was self-made as well. And so I just formulated that in my mind. I'm like, if Bruce can do it, I can do it. Right? Because he came from nothing as well. 
So next step, I started like most of you guys, I read every book on real estate that I could. I mean, there was not a book. Now this was back before iPhone. So I'm going to Barnes and Nobles every week. Right. <laughs> and just buying uh -huh. books. Right. So consuming, consuming, consuming. Finally, I'm like, I read enough books. I'm like, I got to do something. So in 2005 in June, I was like, I'm going to create a company. And I'm like, what do I call it? And all I could think about is I wanted to be the big kahuna like Bruce. So I called my company Kahuna Investments because I yes. I knew that I wanted the end to be just like I was like like Bruce. Now, uh -huh. <laughs> so there's so there's where it starts. Um, so then I took what I learned, which was single family homes, right? And I actually went and got a, a, a equity line of credit on my first uh, on the house that I would live lived in for like twenty five thousand dollars. That was my seed capital. And there was a book that said, "Hey, go." Uh, you know, call the banks and ask for the REO department. So I did. And I met this girl called Holly Lane. Uh, I found she uh, worked for a credit union and she gave me some deals that were in the local market. So I bought three homes, fixed and flipped them, thought I was so good that I quit my job. And I was like, I'm a real estate investor. Yeah, I'm uh -huh. so good, right? My only problem was I forgot that I was only making like $200 cash flow. Well, so no, hold on. I bought, I, I flipped flip those three homes then i bought three more homes for rentals right mm -hmm. so i buy three rental properties but now i'm like i quit my job but i'm only making two four six two hundred dollars per deal cash flow right so 600 yep. bucks ain't gonna get me very far guys yep, and i'm right. like oh crap and now and the banks don't want to give me any money because i only got a job right so i hit my first roadblock guys and at that point i didn't know how to get past it so guess what I did? I went and got another job. Luckily, though, this job, because of my my now I'm, I'm married to my wife, Shelly, and uh, she had a friend that was a financial advisor. He's like, dude, why don't you become a financial advisor? I go, well, don't you have to have a degree to get that job? He's like, no, no, no. It's a sales job. I'm like, oh, great. He goes, they're looking for they're looking for business owners. I'm like, great. Kahuna Investments. I, I started my own business. I can get this job. Yep. So my, my only thought was I was going to become a financial advisor so I could make more money to buy real estate, right? And so here I am. This is like 2006 Get uh, with Edward Jones, become a financial advisor, pass a test. Um, but I kind of put my dream on hold for a minute, right? And then six, seven, eight, financial advisor. And then 2009, the big crash happens, right? This is when I learned something that was very valuable. Now, what did, what did Edward Jones te teach me that was really valuable? They taught me about money, guys. They taught me that there's people out there that are investing in stocks, bonds, and mutual funds, that they're getting between 6 and 8%, and they think that that's good, okay? Right. And the truth is, on the roller coaster of the stock market, no one has a clue what the hell's going on. And so when the market crashed... Um, I mean, I got a real lesson. I, you know, I, I thought I was, you know, a really good financial advisor, putting everybody in, you know, these uh, portfolios that are protecting their uh, their assets or, you know, a well-rounded one. And it all went to crap. And four, you know, people's 401ks become 201ks. <laughs> and I mean, it was just a bad, it was bad. And so it was so bad that, I mean, I had grown men and women like that had, uh, I had this one couple that was retired from Intel. They just retired in like 2007 
and they had about four million dollars in monies, right? That they invested with me, to, you know, from their retirement, uh, from their four hundred one k. They they rolled it over, and two years later, it's worth half. I mean, I mean mm -hmm. they come into my they come into the the office, and dude, she looks, she's sobbing, and he's just looked like he's distressed as hell, like he's he's ready to check out. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And this is what comes in my office and they're like, Corey, what's going, you know, what do we do? And of course the real advice is to don't do anything. Stay exactly where you're at. Let time heal it. Right. But, but stop all your spending, like put all that stuff you're doing on hold. What do they do? No, Corey, move our money, move it to, we want it in something else. And I have to charge them a fee. And I, I'm like, I'm telling you that image is so envisioned in my brain that like I lost the vision and I lost, I, I lost, I, I, like, I knew right there I had no control. There's no levers in the stock market. So once my, uh, once I lost uh, belief, then so my sales went downhill. And um, one day I've got a, a, a meeting with my manager. It's about, you know, eight o'clock in the morning. And, or no, it's 10 o'clock. So I go show up at eight and I look at my secretary and my secretary can't look at me. And I'm like, wait a second. I put two to, I'm like, I'm going to get fired. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh crap. Right. This is 2009. And this is when real estate is on sale. And every book that I'd ever read, the guys that made the biggest moves did it in the down market. And by the way, guys, we're in another one right now, a smaller one, but it's still the same thing. Right. right. This is why, this is why it's important to understand where we're at in the game. Okay. And I remember, uh, so I know I'm getting fired. This is this is when it really changed for me, guys. I sat alone in my office with the four walls, shut the door, locked it. And I was wrestling with that little farm kid, right? Because the little farm kid was like, put me in. I already knew what I wanted to do. It was real estate, right? And he's like, you know, but I'm wrestling with my 30-year-old 30, 30 self who's got a wife, two kids, a brand new house and a mortgage payment and all the things is what am I supposed to do? What's plan B, right? And I'm proud to say in the confines of that room with no one else watching, I made the most deep down, honest, I'm telling you everything that I am commitment. I made it to myself that I was willing to do whatever it took to be successful in real estate, as long as it was legal and ethical, okay? Mm-hmm. And at 10 o'clock, it happened. I got fired. I remember going to my car like Rocky. Right? <laughs> yes, yes. Right? Now, that lasted for five minutes, <laughs> followed by sheer terror. Because <laughs> now I got to go home and tell the wife. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, now, I don't know about you guys, but I'm going to tell you something. This is a secret to my success. Is when I went home, I was blessed. I was blessed beyond measure. Because I had this woman that I shared my deepest, darkest, whew, I'll get almost teary-eyed thinking about it. Everything, I mean, I just, I told her, I was like, honey, I didn't even know how I was going to do it, guys. I had no idea, but I just knew that I was willing and I would never quit. It was a different, it was a, it was the difference maker that I knew that I would never quit. I didn't care mm. if, it, if, if it was like, stay up till four o'clock every morning, done right? What is the requirement? I was willing to do it all. I did not care. And I'm giving that to her. 
And, I'm, and I just said, honey, I don't even know exactly what I'm going to do. I just promise I will not fail. And this is when my wife did the most solid. I'm telling you, I'll be forever in her debt. She looked at me and she said, Corey, I believe in you. But don't fail. Because what was on the line? Everything. Kids, life. They say money doesn't keep your marriage float. Bull crap. You got to make some money, right? Mm -hmm. And so it was with that force that I went out. And I'm telling you, so I'm I'm giving it a little bit long, but I want I want this to build up a little bit, right? I'm yeah. gonna get to my I'm gonna get apartments here in a second. It's good, yeah. it's good, Corey. This is what we need. But this is the shit. This is real life, guys. This is how I've I'm, this is how that's why I own 250 million dollars with real estate, okay? Because I decided that I was not gonna quit, right? And I'm telling you, I go to the RIAs. You guys talk about RIAs, real real estate investor associations. I'm going to it every month, right? And but I'm not stupid because Jones taught me how to network. So I'm like, hey, man, I go to the guy that runs the place. Hey, who's the top four or five guys here? He's like, this guy, that guy, that guy. Guess who's sitting by him? Me. I'm taking dubious notes. Hey, where do you like to buy homes? What's your average deal look like? How much profit are you trying to make? I'm like, listen, I, I find deals like that all the time. I'm lying out of my butt. But I'm like, <laughs> yeah, right? Uh -huh. yeah, but I was focused, dude. And I was ready to play, man. And so they would say, yeah, okay. I'm like, would you be willing to pay me three grand if I found a deal like that? Yep. Boom. I go to my friends that are realtors. I'm not even a realtor. I'm like, dude, listen, listen, I got to get your MLS login because I'm not a realtor, <laughs> but I, and I know you're not going to do this work, but I'll do the work and I'll let you write up the deals and we're going to go make some money. That's how crazy it wow. was, dude. I wow. started, this was like 2009. So REOs and short sales was the name of the game. And I'm on the MLS every day, dude. And um, and then I start doing, I, I start getting it right. I found three, two or three guys at the at the RIA that's buying my deals. Now, so I'm in the game, guys. I'm in the game, like yeah. making three grand a nick, you know. <laughs> and I'm like three or four deals a month. I'm like, Daddy's playing. I'm in. Come on, it. come on. I'm a trader at this point, guys. Okay, Robert Kiyosaki <laughs> never said anything about fix and flip or uh, wholesaling this crap he always talked about cash flow okay um so but then i but then i'm like dude if i could only find some private money and you know i had no idea about private money i just knew that i needed some because i didn't have any money right i remember i was playing racquetball with one of my old ex uh, financial advisor clients and he didn't have any extra money that i knew of for sure and, but I was asking, but he lived in a retirement community. And I was asking him as a friend, I'm like, Hey, Carl, you've been watching what I'm doing. I'm wholesaling. And I'm, these deals are working, but I'm like, if I could just get some money, like any, you know, about a hundred thousand dollars or whatever, I, I could give someone what I'm making as a rate of return, like, you know, 12% rate of return, give them a note, deed of trust, lock it up. I'm like, do you know anybody in this retirement community that, that you live in? And he was like, well, let me see what I can do. Well, the next day, guess who calls? Coral, right? He's like, and I'm like, oh my God, Coral found somebody. He yeah. goes, Corey, he goes, Corey, you still want to do that 12%? And I was like, hell yeah. <laughs> he goes, Corey, you don't know this, but my home's totally paid for and I can borrow money at 3%. If you uh, give me 12, I can make a spread. How much money do you need? And I actually had a deal in a contract and I was like, uh, 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 and I was like, see, I got no money for the payments. I got no money for all the, you know, rehab. So I need the whole thing. I was like, Carl, I need $85,000. And there was a slight pause. And then Carl's like, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's do it. 
and I'm telling you, my my jaw hit the ground. I was like, uh, uh, because I didn't even know where to send it at that point, right? I had, I had <laughs> didn't even map it out. <laughs> but I will equate that moment to going in to a telephone booth as Clark Kent, and I come out of that thing like, raise problem, butter. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> and it. so, and then it was like another shackles of life coming out. I was like surely I'm not the only person raising private money out here. Right. And I'm like, well, I know I'm not, you know, and then I was like, well, what else are, what are other people doing? That's right. You know, so I started looking around all of a sudden it was like, Oh, you need to have a, a private money program. You need to have a credibility kit. So before and afters, I was taking the before and afters of the wholesalers that I did. The other guys were flipping them, but I was still managing their projects. So like, those are my deals. I didn't care. Yeah. Right. <laughs> And I started building all this stuff. And next thing, within a year, I had like a million and a half dollars of private money fixing and flipping properties. Okay? Wow. I'm moving. But, but, okay, this is, this is why single family doesn't work. Okay. I was running around with my, like, with my chick, chicken with my head cut off. Right. It was just bad. I was glued to this thing right here, this telephone, Right. Because I'm finding the deals, I'm working the deals, I'm working the rehabs. And there was a day where my son looks at me and goes, Dad, are you going to be at my game, my soccer game? Yes, son, I'll be there. And his game was at 3 o'clock. But in my mind, I was like, dude, I got to go like uh, look at these three properties real quick. So I devised a plan, wake up early, go get, go get the deals, come be back for the game. First property, late, right? Like, oh, my God, they're missing this, this, this. I got to run to Lowe's, get stuff. I'm like, oh my God, look at my watch. I'm like, I'm behind. Go to the second one. Dude, I got to the game at the very end. And what happened next, I hope none of you guys ever have to feel in your lifetime. Ooh, this one's tough for me. Really, I have to go there to tell it right, right? My son came off the field. Uh, oof. Ryan, like, I'm telling you, like, <laughs> You promised, Dad. You promised. And I remember grabbing my son. I put his head right in my chest. And he's sobbing. Ooh. And I break his heart right there. I have put money and the stuff that I was working on in front of my kids, right? And I'm telling you, your kids do not give two shits about how much money you make, guys. The only equity they trade in is time. Facts, right? I, <laughs> it was hard, right? So now kids are resilient, okay? And he still wants to get in my truck and ride home with me. So we're going home. And I mean, the whole time, <laughs> he's just trying to hide it in, right? And I'm just, oh, it's just killing me. We get home, I drop him off. And my wife looks at me and she's like, you got to fix this, dude. You're doing it wrong, right? And I mean, I'm telling you, at that point, I was a slave to this thing, right? And the work, because I was doing it for my family. Bullshit. I was doing it for Corey. Corey wanted to be cool, right? And at that point, I'm telling you, drive, and I'm, I am cussing at myself. I am beating myself up. And I do this for a good 30 minutes. I'm just like, you son of a bitch. I mean, I'm just, guys, I was just devastated. And finally get a piece of calm. And I finally reach up to God and said, God, please forgive me. 
And I asked him for his forgiveness. And, uh, and I felt that come in my heart. And this is when it happened, guys. And God works in just the craziest ways. I'm telling you, in that broken, empty state of mind, as I drive by, I drive by this apartment complex, and I've driven it by it a million times. And I used to say, I wish I could own an apartment complex. And in that moment, I said, how can I own an apartment complex? As, as, as the moment I said it, I flashed back to Bruce. Bruce had time and money. He was living the cash flow life. I knew apartments was the answer. I knew that was my my road to giving myself the freedom and the, the love and all that stuff that I needed, that I wanted for my family. I flipped around and did a UE. I went all the way to Barnes and Nobles. I bought every book I could on multifamily investing. There was a multifamily, multifamily millions by Dave Lindahl. Bought the book. It was the fourth book that I read. He ended up becoming my mentor and he taught me the business. And in 2011, I bought my first apartment complex. I bought it for $3.2 million. I raised $1.4 million of private equity. And um, I kept that deal for five years. And in uh, in that fifth year, I sold it for $8.8 million. Oh. I made like $2.4 million of money on my own. And ever since then, I've been living this dream called the cash for life, guys. I now own over $250 million of commercial real estate. I love it. I love the game. I love the freedom. I love everything about it. And so hopefully that was inspirational for you guys because I'm telling you success is just so close to you, right? If you'll just go out and go touch it and feel it and grab it, it can be yours, but um, just do it the right way. Don't make the mistakes like I did. Yeah, that's huge because in the end, everything comes at a price, right? What's the price you're willing to pay? And and I think that's what, what you bring up here. It's a lot of us feel that here too. And I, I know in our team, right? Trevor, Victor, that's that's a, a big talking point as well. And it's why we set some some core alignments and have some clear priorities. And this is the thing with partners as well, right? Corey, is if you have partners that don't understand that, for example, they don't have kids, you do have kids or family, they have different priorities. Now you have this weird vibe because they don't understand if you have to make certain priorities and you have to say no to certain things here you can go hard here i can't go hard right and this is a beauty that's been in our team i would say where we're all on the same page page on that and i think everyone here can relate to you 100 yeah. the truth is you can have it more now than you if you really know it i mean i th there was what i started learning is you put your limits on yourself right like in the beginning you can grind like listen there's seasons of this business and sometimes you have to grind okay i'm not saying that you that it's grind free because When you're trying to get the, the wheels rolling, you got to put in a, a, an insane amount of work, right? But you can still do it and manage it, right? The problem with most of us is when we're working, we're really not working hard. We think we're working, but we're not working at a very high level. And so you can condense it into slots if you'll get smart about it and control your time. And I live, do everything by calendar now. Like I live and die by my calendar. The reason I'm here is this was on my calendar, right? On a Sunday, I had to set a reminder. Thank God Trevor texted me too. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, Corey, I just want to say thank you so much for sharing that and really taking the time to unpack that. Um, because, I mean, one of the, the core uh, DNA within the Freedom Chasers is we, we do love our families a lot. And we're doing something 
we're, we're in this business to have an impact greater than ourselves. And just speaking personally and for the Freedom Boys here and the Freedom Boys, Marcel and Victor, um, you know, we got in this space towards the end of last year, basically. And it's been it's been a push, you know, and deal flow, as you know, is has been difficult. And we're just super thankful that we've had people like yourself uh, emphasize this matter of having a why, having something greater than yourself, doing it, getting into this business more than just the dollar amount. And then, of course, having the support of the community has really been uh, an encouragement factor to us and a propelling factor as well to continue chipping away and 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 day by day, just stacking those bricks one at a time, one at a time, even though it's been it seems like it's been a long road so far. Right, guys, with everything going on. But it, yeah. it's stories. It's stories like this. It's people. It's sharing rooms with people like you, Corey, and everybody else here on that allows us to take another day and put our nose back to the grinder and keep making stuff happen. And so, just yeah, really me, want to thank you for sharing that. Thank you. Let me give everybody a gift real quick too. Like I would love like that story and a couple other stories are in this book. Copy your way to success. Standing on the shoulder of giants. If you guys want to text the word book to four eight zero five hundred one one two seven, I'll I'll put it in the chat box as well. But um. Um, love to give you that book for free. We'll just send it to you, my, my, my gift, right? Um, but I'm just telling you guys that you can, we can get into any technical stuff and I'll open up for questions, I guess. I'm not sure if there's a Q&A section, but I can get technical as far as what it takes to get deals and all that stuff as well. But um, I just feel like that's a, that is a great segue to um, what I think a lot of you guys are going through, which is you really want to be successful, but you know, how do you do it? How do you, you know, it, it comes but was setting a why that's so powerful that you've got to say, I'm not going to quit, right? It's got to be like, if you look at anybody who's super successful, high level of success, you will see that they all have this in common. They check, like you'd look at, you know, Michael Jordan, uh, Kobe, and you know, sports stars or, or, or anybody successful in business. They had to sell out to that idea that they were not going to quit and they were going to do anything and everything possible to get there because obstacles come in our way all the time. You've got to over it, under it, away, you know, around it. You and But the whole time you're like keeping focused on your vision because you know that's the thing that'll get you there. And listen, how many deals does it take to be successful in real estate? Like in the multifamily space, one. That's right. <laughs> one yeah. good deal and dude, that can set you up. Imagine doing one good deal a year if that's all you ever did, you worked hard and partnered with people and you only got 25% of a deal or 30% of a deal or whatever it is. And you'd one of those every year, you did it for five years in a row. You would be so set free that you would not even know what to do with yourself. Right. And so like, that's how it works, guys. One deal can set your life free and can set you up for legacy wealth. And that is a real thing. And when you start to see it and, and do it, and then if you think about that, if that's your dream, then you've got to be careful to who you share it with, right? Because like as entrepreneurs, when we go out, man, we got this idea and dream. You got to protect that thing. You got to build a fortress around it and protect it. And then you only share it to the right people. And mm -hmm. usually that's not your friends and your family. They're the first ones to step on it and try to crush it, right? Yep, yep. That could be fuel, by the way. That could be fuel. Like for me, it was. Shelly's mom, she's Filipino, dude. She did not like me. I was not a doctor, a lawyer, 
or Dennis or anybody making money. I was a used car salesman. She hated me. And I was like, I made her my fuel. I was, you know, what's your dumbass husband doing? He's not making any money. You know, my my wife's making six figures, right? Your damn husband not making no money. What's he doing? And I was on re- doing real estate, man. I knew what I was doing, but I just didn't, t- you know. So I've got this journal that I have. Like, I was like, honey, this is the year. This year, gonna, I'm going to retire you. No, this is the year, you know. And then, you know, and this goes on for three or four years in a row. Kahuna's making waves. We're starting to get it. And then finally, there's a, there's a, a, a one entry that says, honey, today's the day. Today's the day you will no longer ever have to work unless you want to, right? And it was my mission. And then I ended wow. up buying her mom a house. Her mom, her, her mom lives in the house that I own, right, for free. Wow. And uh, she loves me now. I figured, <laughs> out her, I figured out her secret language. It's called casino money. <laughs> it's good to find out the mother-in-law's secret language that's yep. for sure that's, right. that's a hard code to crack but yep that's yep. an important one uh core we we have about Actually, say, she's laughing because she knows it's true <laughs> core we got about 10 minutes left before we open up for a little q a uh let, let's dabble a little bit in the technical side of things and sure. feel free to to, to speak to one or both of these points, but when you and I had our conversation, your deal structuring was was very interesting and, and not what I think typically occurs out there in the general rule of thumb, the industry. And then also, obviously, you've raised a lot of money as well. And so I guess my two questions would be, number one, unpack the the kind of the unique deal structure that you have with your um, with your apartment complexes. And then also, if you want to, and if there's time, Talk about how you built your investor base that that is bought into that kind of deal structure and returns that you offer them. I'll do both right away, right? So okay, okay. cool. So I started off because I was a financial advisor. I was skewed in the world, right? I know, like, if you were to ask, if I was to ask you right now, what would your financial advisor say a good return is? It's six to eight percent, guys. That's what every one of them is going to say. So there is a whole market of people that believe six to 8% is good. They think 12, 12% is risky, right? And they think that 20% is ludicrous, okay? Right, yeah. ludicrous speed. And ain't none of them gonna hit that button, okay? So in that understanding of different buckets of money, okay? Now, I'm gonna tell you a hard truth, guys. Most of you guys are raising money in the wrong stupid places. You're going to all these multifamily places, and I'm not saying that you can do it. You shouldn't do it this way, but just understand the cost of it, okay? All the private equity, all this smart money that's at the real estate multifamily events, I never go there to raise money, ever, ever, because it's smart and expensive, and it comes with, what's my GP? What's my GP? Well, I want my GP. Yeah. Those are words like, smack, no, none, <laughs> right? My investors don't ask that shit. Why? Because, dude, they're like thinking six to eight. And if I told them 12, they're like, oh my God, I hit the jackpot. Right? I developed a method called six and six. Right? And I did this because I was a financial advisor. And so I give a 6% pref. And this is how I, I talk about it. And it's very similar. And, here, and let me give you this analogy. Okay. I'll, I'll talk about it. Then I'm going to give you an example and then we're going to talk about it a little bit more as far as how, how you find these people, okay? So a 6% pref, 
Um, that's pretty simple. Everybody understands that, right? So if you give me $100,000, you're going to make $6,000 a year or $1,500 every quarter. Okay, that's what we're trying to hit. That's our objective. And so, but I pitch it to my investors, like, guys, this is, you know, because they're already thinking six to eight in their mind. So if I hit the number six, they're like, okay, I'm like, listen, if this thing did nothing else but paid you a 6% income stream, that's like hitting the jackpot. I'm like, what else in the stock market right now can pay you a 6% payer that pays quarterly? What investment is there? There's it's none, crickets. right? It's crickets. Yeah. There's yeah. nothing. There's nothing, guys. Right? Um, so then I said, but wait, there's more. Right? So when we do these deals, right, we buy them on cash flow. And that's what's paying you that first 6% this cash flow of the asset. But tenants expect rents to go up and we never disappoint them. <laughs> we always raise the rents. That's right? right. When we do that, we're creating more value, right? Where the properties are becoming more valuable. And so five years down the road, we're going to sell this thing. And we're, when we sell it, we're going to share the profits with you again, right? So we had cash flow in the way, that's your first six. And then on the sale, I'm going to give you another 6% annualized for every year you've been in the deal. And so what I'm giving them is a 12% return, right? IRR, some, it's not quite IRR, but it's, it's really 12% on their money, cash on cash. And so for them, they're like, yeah. Right. And that's like that works for them because they understand. And and this this pool, this wonderful pool is anybody that's in the stock market, guys, anybody that has an IRA, anyone that has a 401k, any those types of investors. And here's the thing. We all think that everybody's in real estate because we put on these little goggles called real estate goggles, guys. Mm -hmm. And we that's all we see is real estate people. <laughs> and I'm just telling you, there's. We are the minority. When yeah. you really understand this, we are the minority. Most that's people right. don't know people like us. They know a financial advisor. That's why there's one on every damn corner. So if you will start to try to compete with that, and these are, I mean, and listen, and I'm talking about business owners, guys. I'm talking about business owners that have 25 employees or more, right? Like, and I use that metric when I'm looking for, people 25 employees because i know they got a real business and those guys business owners are busy and most of them have a financial advisor guys all right so give you a real example of how this stuff works and the way i structure my deals um i do a 50 50 split now does not the only thing i'm going to split 50 50 with my investors is the depreciation no now would you guys all agree most deals that are out there do a 70 30 split can we agree yeah. to that agreed right? 70% of all the money made goes to the investor pool and 30 goes to the GP. Okay. Okay. That's good. But then you go to your GP, you're like, wait, what if you got partners? And everyone's like, it's, it's not 30%, right? Or like, mm -hmm. it's even like 15 and 15 or, you know, whatever. It gets diced up pretty good along the way. So we did a deal in Yuma, Arizona. I bought for $10 million. I held it for three years and I sold it for $19 million. Right. Oh. Yeah. So we made, 10 milli profit, right? Pretty good, right? Pretty good. Pretty good. Dang good. 
Okay, now that was just, that's not normal. It's not normal. I'm going to say it's not normal, but it was like the perfect timing of when the market went crazy and we had fixed a real problem with it, that property where we made the uh, income very consistent and predictable and people were willing to pay a lot of money for it. We sold it at like a four cap. Okay, and it was a 1980s building. But wow. people will pay stupid money for a steady rising income stream. And that's what we created. Okay. Um, so that's my operational thing for you guys. Steady rising income stream. You get a whole year of that, like no known dips or no craziness. People will overpay and give you crazy amount of money for that. Okay. So we make $10 million. Now in a normal 70, 30 split, how much money is going to the LPs? 7 million with me with $10 right. million profit, yep. 7 million. Okay. Now, and then, so you have uh, $3 million for your GP. Hey, great day, right? That's a million dollars a year. Beautiful. But let me tell you how Corey did it. Okay. <laughs> Corey got a six and six method. Okay. Cause daddy, mama didn't write no dummy. Right. And I was like, I've always thought this now, this is my thinking guys. I think, we should be the ones making lot, most of the money, the GPs, right? Not the LPs. I need their money, but listen, I, and I want to make my investors a solid return, but I do not need to get them punch drunk. Okay. <laughs> most of you guys are getting them punch drunk. And, but so here's the way we did it. I'm already paying my first, I do six and six on $3 million. It took me $3 million of money to buy this $9 million property when I first bought it. Okay. You guys understand that? That makes sense. Yep. I bought yep. 9 million, put $3 million down. Right. So at a 6% pref, I'm paying that already along the way. And then I have a 6% on the back end. Now, the way I create my deals, I don't do it. Like, even though I did a 50, 50 split, I define my payout to my investors. That is a six pref. And then at the end, they're going to get another 6% until their bucket gets a total of 12%. And then they're shut off. The spigot runs off, turns off. Okay. <laughs> so on $3 million at 6%, what is that? Like it's $180,000. That's what I got. Yeah. That's what I owe them every year that they've been in the deal on the back end. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we'll call it $200,000 to make it really easy math. Okay. Times three years. So two, four, six. Oh my God, man. Okay. When I sold that deal, I made 10 million. I already paid him the six along the way. I only owed him $600,000. So Corey made $9.4 million. <laughs> wow. A <laughs> little bit Whoa. of a difference, right? And, yeah. and your investors are still happy. Happy as hell. Happy as hell. They love that deal. You know why? They didn't worry. They're like, this thing's great. It's always working. It's always yeah. paying. Right. And so, um, and they went to another deal. Now, a couple of little things that I've done along the way. Okay. Now that was a deal that was a $3 million deal. It was an easy raise. I have done six and 10, six and 12, right? Like the last deal that I did, it was a $15 million raise. I had to raise all the money real quick. So I raised my rates to be able to raise money fast. Right. Mm -hmm. And I did okay. three share classes. And so I went 100, 300 and 500 break points. Okay. That like, and this is what they get in the financial, like in, in stocks and mutual funds. The more you invest, the breakpoints you get a lower cost uh, of uh, uh, commissions, right? So I just did the opposite. I'm like, I give you more return if you give me more money. 
And so, because mm-hmm. and, and they always say, well, if I give you a half a million dollars, should I make more? I'm like, you're right, you do. So yep. I do six and, I do like six and 10, six and 12 and six and 14. So that's uh, 16, 18 and 20. Yep. But the max, but it's still fixed. And then I put a call option in every deal that I do. So whenever I hit the magic number or the valuation, I can hit a call option and pay all my investors that 16% plus the principal back. And they're out of my deal. I just jetpacked them out of, out of the deal. Right. Cause I'm wow. playing the game for Corey Peterson. Corey Peterson's trying to build wealth. I need my investors along the way and I got to make them a solid return. And, and I try to protect their downside. So here's how I protect their downside. It's a hundred percent to them until I pay them full, full boat. Right. So if, it's six and six or six and 10 or six and 12, right? That 12 on the backside, it's a hundred percent to them till they get it. And mm-hmm. so I say, guys, that I'm putting you first as my investors that you make all the profits, right? Until you get fully whole. And, and then, I, and that's because some of them will say, well, I mean, I'm not going to get more of the upside. No, Macam. No. <laughs> yeah. Most of my investors um, are looking to protect their downside. And if you're not yeah. that type of investor, you probably shouldn't mm. be investing with me. Go to somebody have else's a, deal. Do you have a deal then, Corey, where you refight your asset and you got a big pay, you know, big paycheck on that? You paid your investors and now you are essentially the sole owner of the they're, asset. They're coming. They're coming. I could have <laughs> done it. I could have done it on the Palms deal, honestly. Yeah. But I was I had a, some new other other acquisitions that I wanted to buy. So I, I needed to cash out because I want to get rid of that one. And it was it was a decent property because it was a 1980s property, but like the last ones that I've sold, I've been selling junky, my like 2000 or 1970s deals. Mm-hmm. I'm selling all that, that stuff. I've that got a lot sense. of 2005, 2007, 2002 deals that I'm absolutely going to do that. When I refi, that is my cash out. Cash investors out still own the deal Boom. with the GP. Then you are your, what was his name? The guy from earlier? Yeah, uh, Bruce. Bruce Wayne. Bruce, exactly. so, Bruce Wayne. And, and so my and my goal, guys, my my real goal is to become a family office. I've got this vision in the next seven years that I'm going to become a family office where I'm not even looking for money anymore. I'm just working my own money. And why? Because when I do sell, I make a big chunk, and so then I can take my chunks of money and work it for myself and check out. Yeah. You know what I'm saying like my kids are going to be running this stuff. At least one of them. One of them said he's already interested, but um, but that's the goal. Love it. Play that's Monopoly. a holistic We're picture. Playing yeah. Monopoly here, guys. Buying yeah. red houses, right? Selling those crappy green ones. Buy the reds. Stack the decks. So you get paid, right? Now I take a three percent acquisition fee. Some people take two. Why do I take three? Because I want to make three, <laughs> right? <laughs> and people say, "Oh, Corey, you take a three percent. That's too much." Get the hell out of here, dude. Go, you go, you go do it. You, I'm just telling you, I just tell people like money like that. I, I, I have no patience for it. I'm like, listen, it sounds like we're not a good fit, right? I understand there's lots of other deals out there, but this is the way we do it. And if you like to do it, I'd love to do it with you. We've got a proven track record, but like, I'm not here to, to coddle it or try to make exceptions to the way I play the game. Yep. Amazing. And that's, and that's confidence, right? And that's confidence. And to let people go. Because mm-hmm. I don't need them. Mm-hmm. That's all right. Well, Marcel, what do you say we open up for a little Q and A here before we uh, 
Absolutely, absolutely. I would yeah, be man. shocked if there is not some questions. Of yeah, there we go. Yeah, I, I would be shocked. <laughs> yeah, there we. Let's get started with Jerry. Jerry was the fastest. Hey, what's up, Corey? I appreciate what's... you being here on a Sunday night. Thanks, Jerry. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm part of the Freedom Chasers, uh, you know, community here. The part of the leadership team. I'm a debt broker. Um, but I just, I was listening to your story and I started to write all the similarities down. My dad was a roofer. He was my ball coach. My wife's name's Shelly. So like, <laughs> I was just going through all the different things, man. And, uh, you know, your dad sounds a lot like mine. We've actually run a roofing company the last 20 years ourselves as well. So my wife and I, so, but good, good to meet, good to meet you. And I appreciate hearing your story and, uh, yeah, it's an inspiring story. So appreciate it, man. Thanks. Awesome. 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 Love it. And let's bring Tiffany. I saw Tiffany was very active in the chats here and very engaging. I love it. So Hi, I'm excited to bring you up. What's up? Hey, Tiffany. Hi. Um, hey, um, thanks, Corey, so much for your story. Super inspiring for sure. Um, but as you, you know, just listen to what you were just saying about, you know, like, hey, these are kind of like your standards is what you have for your assets and how you're bringing people in. Like, who are you targeting when you're raising capital, right? Like, cause in my head, I'm just thinking like, okay, well, if I, if you know people that are used to being in certain deals and they're used to being in deals until the property, yep. you know, is forever, do you have a lot create of- it, Create a different structure. Them? So create, create a structure for that, right? So mm -hmm. like, listen, I hear you. Hear, so that's, and segregate the list, by the way, okay? All those people that are already qualified there, tag them in your CRM and say, these are, you know, expensive money, right? <laughs> and just know that that's what it is, right? And and make sure you guys hear me. I'll tell you whatever it takes to get in your first deal, just do it, okay? Now, when I first, okay, for true, I didn't start at six and six, okay? I started off at, I gave everything away. And then I went to eight and eight with a kicker. And then I went just eight, eight, no kicker. Then I went to seven to seven. Then I went to six and six, right? <laughs> I started challenging my capital every deal that I did, okay? Because I was like, I wanted in my mind, he who has the lowest capital, cost of capital wins. More deals, more deals qualify and it works, okay? The structure works. So that's kind of how I do it. So I will tell you to, to do it, but if I could go back in time, I would have segregated it way sooner, right? And so, and even even if you could do a deal with that, you could put that maybe that piece pref equity or or put your six and six money in pref equity and the other money in second, you know, not pref equity and give it a stupid return, but just know that pref equity is in front, right? And make your pref equity six and six. Okay. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So yeah. you can still get the best of both worlds in the way you're structuring the deal. And that's the great thing about real estate and the way we do these things is it's all negotiable and what capital, but so where to find these people. Okay. The problem is you're looking in the same places where everybody else is looking, which is all the real estate. Anybody would do with real estate. You, yeah. you got to get outside of real estate. Okay. So you've got to target high income business owners. Okay. Mm -hmm. Where do you do that? LinkedIn. LinkedIn. LinkedIn is where all your busy professionals work and troll and they use that thing as a tool. Right. Right. So if you're not active on LinkedIn, you're, you're screwing yourself. Okay. You need to start creating connections and all that stuff. Right. Here's another secret.
okay? Uh, charities, mm-hmm. get involved in a charity. Get involved. Don't just get involved. I'm talking about get on the board of a charity. I'm on a charity called the Chandler Compadres. Um, the guys that are in this group are seven-figure business owners, true business owners, right? Um, I had to get invited. Uh, we raise, we do, and I do it. I didn't do it to raise money. I did it because I love a charity. Mm-hmm. But I already know, also know what shows up at charities. Business owners with money, right? And they know other business owners with money, okay? And they all think what I'm doing, they don't know anybody like Corey. None of them do because they're not in real estate, right? And do you not think I can access their people? And that's what I do, right? Is that I took, it took me all. So in this one particular charity, I've not asked for anybody yet, right? Uh, I've got people that ask me about deals, right? So I'm getting ready to do a new new deal and I'm going to ask some of the guys, right? But I already know what's going to happen. It's going to lead into another little funnel of new people because at first I just wanted to be known as, I, I, I won rookie of the year last year right i went i donated a lot of time i raised a lot of money i got involved and i wasn't just the guy like just showing up for the meetings i'm the guy like you need me to build something you need me to do something like i'm all in and they respect that right and, mm-hmm. and this is these are guys like that own like seven dealerships right there's <laughs> one guy that owns like seven dealerships okay? oh yeah like these are the right dudes and um so charity is an amazing place to get to know people. Now, here's another one, right? I'll, I'll give you a couple of them. Mm-hmm. You know, you say, you, don't you have a, do you have a, do- a dentist? I do. And actually I have a husband who's a doctor. So I have, no, those are my avatar, like medical providers. <laughs> now, now, now doctors sometimes, now don't, don't take this the wrong way, Tiffany. No, that's this. okay. It's fine. I get Doctors it are hard. <laughs> doctors are hard. Okay. Cause they all feel like they know people. everything. Right. But. <laughs> If your husband knows the doctors and he introduces you, it's much easier than for us to go as doctors. I've I found yeah. doctors don't respect me because um weird, like it's weird. I, this is just my personal experience, okay? okay? But I've also learned that I find a doctor. So I've got a dentist friend, right? So this is how I did it with dentists. He's a great dentist, and he goes to like these things where dentists all go to their conventions and stuff, right? right. I was like, hey, can I come as your friend? To this dentist thing, because I'm just generally interested in, and he knows what I'm doing, right? And he's giving me money. So he's like, yeah, yeah, you can come, you can come. So I come as his guest, and they're like, oh, well, this is Corey. <laughs> Corey does this and this. And they're like, oh, my God, tell me more. Right. And so none of these people know anything about real estate. They're all own practices, and I'm the guy. Right. That's the difference. That's what you're not doing that you've got to be doing. You get into these places that are totally away from real estate. You do not go to events looking to raise money. You go to the events to build partners, teams, look for deals, right? But you raise money. If you you can still raise money there, just know there's cost and call it that, right? Because whatever it takes to get in your first deal, but then be working on the side hustle of I'm building myself an everlasting gobstopper, mm-hmm. right? That's going to pay me all the time at a price that gets you paid, Tiffany. Right. I love it. Thank you. That is, that is my goal. And I'm in medicine too. So we do not take offense. We don't trust people because yeah. <laughs> they're like people would be at us sometimes, you know? So I because everybody's at you, right? Everybody comes at you. Once you know your diet, like everybody comes at you 10 different ways. You're like, Correct. you've Absolutely. already trained to say, hell no. <laughs> Thank you so much. I appreciate you. <laughs> that was awesome, Tiffany. Awesome. Corey. Let, 
let's let's bring it home here with our last two hand raisers, Alicia and Peter, and uh, and then we'll wrap it up for that. Alicia, let's get you unmuted here and fire away. Yes, thank you, Corey, so much for for sharing your story. Um, my question is, you know, getting started. I'm still getting started with like wrapping my brain around capital raising and how this is all going to work. And so when I'm thinking about going to an event, whether it's in person or like virtual events where I just want, you know, a link for something, if they're interested in like a soft commit for just a general like investment, um, I'm trying to figure out like what, um, CRMs are better or, Ooh. CRM question. That's tough. So I would do um, like, listen, um, click funnels is an easy one to create a, like a squeeze page or some type of like, go here if you're interested. Um, but even like, um, like we drive people from to Eventbrite, right? So we use like from LinkedIn, we'll try to drive people to a, an Eventbrite, watch a quick webinar or like a little small webinar that we talk about, about what we do. And then it goes straight from there to book a 15 minute appointment, one-on-one, right? Calendarly, calendarly, right? Um, we take a lot of people straight from LinkedIn just because LinkedIn are about business connections. Like, hey, listen, I want to learn about your business. I want you to learn about mine, right? Uh, let's do a 15 minute quick introduction. And then you set up, you send them a look, link to your calendarly. And dude, I'm telling you like, that's that, I want to cuss, but I'm not. Uh, that stuff really works, okay? Um, that stuff really works. And like you're like, that didn't require anything. Just ca a calendar lead, right? And then you're having conversations about, tell me about your business. And I'm, I'm, you know, like, and that really works locally really well. Hey, you're a local business. I'm local too. I want to learn about like, I, it's like a B&I because that's how those guys think. And they're like, well, hey, listen, here's what I do. And I would love to be able to show you my deals, but- um, I need to have a pre-existing relationship with you. So I'm going to send you this DocuSign, um, you know, so you can fill out real quick so I can show you my deals in the future. And you don't have to, you don't have to invest. I just want to get you on my list. Yeah, that sounds great. And now you're building a database of the right people. And if you don't have about uh, any of the, even a database, uh, Podio for all, you know, that's the cheap one. Um, there's just all kinds of like, I would research it, but like anything, version one, Alicia, is better than version none. <laughs> That's a good right? one. Do whatever is the cheapest that you can afford that gets you in the game and do that. Don't try to complicate it. If you have to use Excel, use Excel. No excuses. Thank you. Thanks, Alicia. All right, Billionaire Pete. You'll be the last one. Fire away, brother. Corey, thanks so much for being here. Great, uh, great story. Great to hear. Great to hear your story. I, I, I really appreciate the, the mindset that um, you shared with us and just the, the confidence. You know, I, I lead in the multifamily freedom chasers. I lead the broker outreach zoom, and we talk about that all the time. One of the keys is just talking to these brokers with confidence. If you talk to them with confidence, they take you seriously and they send you deals and they call you and they keep in touch with you. Um, yeah. So I, I appreciate that. Um, the, you know, the posture that you talk about telling these people, it's like, it's, this is the way it is. You know, you do business 
with me the way I do business for them, maybe this isn't for you, right? That takeaway. I love that. I love that. Yeah. The uh, so you, you really kind of answered my question, but I want to ask you very specifically. I, I'm sure, like you said, your first deal wasn't six to six. What no. was the split on your first deal? It was a 50-50 split, right? Really? Uh, on your yeah. first deal? Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Well, I didn't know anything else, right? So I was like... <laughs> you I didn't know was, any better. Yeah, so it was a 50-50 split. Um, That's unbelievable. Yeah. So I just... That was... And that was just taking all my private, like, listen, I did my first deal totally wrong, guys. I didn't even have a PPM. I, I mean, I, I didn't do it until I had a refi down the road. But I I, I raised $1.4 million in unsecured promissory notes. Wow. Um, not even crazy. Not even kidding. Like, these people just sent me money. And then I stroked some, some kind of promissory notes. So it was based on nothing. And, um, yeah, then I had, I mean, I had a couple of bad partners, but uh, even to on the broker side of things, I just want to make one little, I'll, you just jog my mind for something, a little, little deal. Here's the thing with brokers, right? Broker relationships, this is another tidbit, write this down. Um, what do you do for fun? Okay. When you, your whole goal is to get your underwriting deals to invest for the brokers to eventually go into their marketplace and take them to lunch, right? That's, that's what you should be doing. That's how you, and it's at that point that you got to start, you've got to elevate yourself and it's not about being smart or looking smart. You can look dumb. Okay. I've come, when I first started, I looked dumb. I, I didn't, I actually, it was like, I don't know anything about this market. <laughs> can you tell me where's the place I should invest in? Where did I, and, and then I was like, and then I started asking him a question about you, him. Like I was just a questionnaire. Like, how did you do this? What was your story? Do you have kids? Do you have dogs? What do you do for fun? Exactly. Right. And, and he starts telling me, I'm a, I'm a golfer, yada, yada, yada. Who's your favorite golfer? You know, where's your favorite courses that you've golfed? Right. I'm, I mean, I'm just like, and I'm just like in my mind, I'm making mental notes. Right. And then once I get away from him, I'm like, I write this crap down and that becomes my open. So when I call the guy the next time, I'm like, John, did you watch what? And I might Google it so I can understand what his best golfer did. Right. And be like, did you see him? What he scored yet last week? Freaking amazing. Got any, been in any, any courses, any, any good stuff going on lately? And because that's what you do when you have a relationship with somebody, you talk shit. Sorry. You talk crap for the first 15, 20 minutes. Right. And then you get to the that's thing. Right. Yeah, and then you get true. to the yeah. thing. Right. Works so all the time. <laughs> that's what you got to do. And then when you get there, guys, it is unfair. I'm telling you, I've got this guy right now. Ep, let me just look at it. Um, hold on. Uh, this is my broker. Badass. I'm around tomorrow. Let's effing go, baby. Uh, you know, we're talking. I was like, I guess I didn't get to this, my, my underwriting deal, right? Like, I didn't underwrite this deal that he gave me. But he's like, uh, re-entry. Because I was like, I was on vacation. He goes, re-entry is not easy. I'm dealing with the same. I'm having just a cool conversation with this broker of like what's going on right um you know it's cheap af like 25 million eight cap no bs i'm talking we're talking like this is my and he is <laughs> yeah. he's a friend <laughs> right that's good but when you get there it's unfair yeah it's unfair i'm gonna win i'm gonna get choice deals that you guys are on levels never see why because i play the game on relationships that's how i play my money played on relationships i asked for lots of referrals 
I get lots of referrals, right? I create an everlasting gobstopper, kids. And I'm telling you, this is a beautiful game. It is a beautiful game, and it can give you a lifestyle that is absolutely amazing. Let's go. Let's go. Well, that's probably an outstanding place to stop. We are 10 minutes over, so appreciate you sticking around a few more minutes than what we had scheduled, Corey. Uh, Billionaire Pete, thanks for that great question on wrapping us up here. Y'all know how we like to do it, right, Marcel? Get the phones out, show a little yes, love. Sir. Walk us through that here, Marcel, really quick. Let's let's take the phones out real quick and take a picture here because everyone needs to know, obviously, what you are doing, what we are doing, right? And we want to show some love to Corey here yeah. as well and call him out on, on, on social media here. Instagram, I'm sure Corey is out there too. So tag Corey. I'm sure Caleb will put the links down here as well again. Kahuna um, cash flow, baby. There you go. Kahuna you cash go. flow. And I'm sure he's going to share you as well. And all of a sudden, look, even the people that know Corey see you shouting him out. Boom. How easy is the game, right? <laughs> That's right. Corey, we, we appreciate you so much. This was amazing. I think we at some point down the road, we got to slot you in for round two and bring in Shelly as well she would have a lot of value to contribute in our community we'd love to meet her and get to know her a little bit if that's okay with you guys i think that would be awesome rock and roll man love it guys uh, thank you for your time thanks for letting me share my message my story hopefully connect with you guys if you guys can take one thing i'm just telling you it's the power of your mind make a choice decide right your paradise is possible i'm telling you you can have it today you just, just got to decide to that that it's going to happen for you that's right. And Corey, can you put that number in the chat one more time? You were generous enough to yep. give text that free the, book offer for everybody. Yes. Yep. Text the word book, B-O-O-K, to 480-500-1127. So book to 480-500-1127. There we go. I just keyed it in. Awesome. Thank you, Corey. This was outstanding tonight. Appreciate you. Yeah, thank Thanks. you guys. You guys have a wonderful day. Send your Thanks greetings to, to, to Shelly as well. Thank All you. Right,